You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I got my co-host today with me here, Jacob, from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. And we're just going to kind of jump into recapping the game last night. We had a chance to sleep on it, Jacob, as the chat is filling up already. Um, let me ask you this, man. You had uh, had a little bit of time to uh, to kind of think about it. Did anything else pop to you? Because I know we're going to go over PFF grades. We're going to go over a little bit of stuff that I uncovered in uh, in game tape, things like that. But uh, anything fresh on your mind off of this? Uh, I keep wanting to call it a win against the Patriots, although we were losing. It just it felt like a positive game for the Packers, didn't it? I said the same thing in my head. Like we won, and it just it's one of those. Uh, just one of those did not finish kind of type things but no man i i really enjoyed last night it was another random preseason game that i thought that i had the most fun watching just because of all the different things we've talked about previously um the book we've been referencing just the fact that we're so in-depthly following these guys their personalities what their stat line is their injury status you know we're very invested if you've been watching this which i know a lot of you guys obviously have and uh i i wrote down a list of takeaways that I got from yesterday from watching rewatching the film today from listening to all the interviews I could listen to. And there's some really cool stuff out there. Obviously we now we have the PFF grades. We'll go into that in a little bit here, but I just, I, I wrote it down right here. My first note is all of a sudden I've just realized going into week three of preseason that I'm very comfortable at the quarterback depth. And that sounds obvious, but it's not like going into right. the year. I thought, my God, Jordan love, alone could be an absolute disaster and god forbid something happens if he stubs his toe in the morning getting out of the shower then all of a sudden you know we uh the season's lost and, and i don't even know what to do with myself and we pick up sean clifford in the draft and i'm thinking like geez wow that's a stretch what what, what are we going to do with this dude clifford the friendly red dog that's what i don't know why that my brain every time i hear sean clifford i think of that stupid book do you guys remember Clifford, the big red dog? Am I stupid? Is that like a thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. Right, we're gonna make sure it. We'll figure it out. I don't know. But um, <laughs> what I started thinking about though is that now, if if love has to go out for any amount of time, I mean, other than I mean, even the whole season to, to be completely honest, I know that's a crazy Homer type scenario thing to say, but I've seen Sean Clifford, and he just seems like he thrives in adversity he seems like he can make the throw he does throw uh, a lot of balls hospital balls as you call them clayton because there was a couple last night i rewatched that game like you said about three three times with just like the quick speed one and dude he's oh man he's hanging laundry out to dry right there but um all in all i'm really really excited about it we can get into their grades later but they both have done very very well all things considered running back depth super super secure there especially with the fact if you think of we haven't even been talking about Goodson lately because he's been injured and Lou Nichols who's been injured we're very secure with the fact that even if Emmanuel Wilson and if it's just uh, Patrick Taylor who both had amazing games I'd argue last night for different reasons I think that it's um it's it's just looking so good there and then wide receiver yeah we were going to be all right there I mean I'm I'm arguing if, if we keep six, I think that Malik Heath has just played himself onto this football team very, very succinctly. Yeah. The dude is just – he's precise. He's aggressive. I watched an interview with him today. I had never watched a Malik Heath interview. I just fell in love with his personality. He is really – I mean, he's a country boy. You can tell he's kind of right. like that – got that real deep South Florida accent, which is funny. he hunting hogs. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, he's, 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 he's down – he's, yeah, and he's uh, he just seems like a really good guy, and he actually expressed the fact that I think he said that he went to Jackson. He grew up in Jackson, Florida, went to Jackson State for a minute, so he actually played with the. I don't forgive me, I don't remember his name. I think it was uh, the guy that got knocked out cold, and obviously we had to wrap the game up. But he said like you know he was feeling some sort of way about it because he he's played with the guy before that they've interacted. He wants to, he said he wants to reach out to him and make sure that he's okay. And I, I just, I thought that was cool, you know? <clears throat> and so it was just uh, in addition to that, I mean, just the fact that every single wide receiver, it seems like it's on the bubble, whether it's Grant DeBose, whether it's Malik Heath, I mean, even Bo Melton hasn't played, but him and recently, you know, recent past, we got some guys out there that, for that wide receiver six and seven spot, it's just really, really fun to watch him battling it out. And that Malik Heath, man, that guy is ready to ball. He does not care. He seems like he is putting his body on the line and that he's just having fun. And uh, he said that he really likes him and Sean Clifford's dynamic together and that they played together. I thought, I don't remember where, I, I couldn't make out exactly if he said it was the senior bowl or um, some sort of um, something like that. But it was just cool to see them all kind of vibing and getting together. And then Tay Wicks, he ended up going out with a with an injury to his hamstring, I believe. But I wanted to highlight the fact that this dude ended up number two overall with a run blocking grade as a wide receiver. And that's really? something you're going to make the team. And if you're going to do something in a subtle way, having the precise route running that he does and being able to run block is something that I'm sure Matt LaFleur looks at that and he's like, oh, my gosh. And another interesting note on that same fact, I believe that, yes, Grant DeBose <clears> – <throat> was the fourth overall run blocking grade for the 72.6. If I'm not mistaken, let me check that for sure to make sure I'm not lying to you, but I'm pretty sure. Cool. While you're checking it, um, in the chat here, we have uh, Steven in the chat, Dane in the chat, Zane, Eric, uh, John, everybody. 
filing in here, man. Appreciate you guys joining the stream. We got Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, uh, what I had asked Jacob just now, man, was, you know, after sleeping on on the game and everything, you know, what did you wake up this morning and think, you know, it just kind of came to mind. Did, did anything come to mind different from what we talked about last night, maybe thing that something that stood out to you, you know, roughly or, or a little less than 24 hours later? Um, Emmanuel Wilson, definitely. Um, looking at the numbers in just a couple of games. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was. Uh, I, I'm still trying to catch up on your your uh, film session, your film study chalk talk today, because I know that was really good. Um, but yeah, Manuel Wilson hopped off the off the tape and off the stat sheet to me and to your guys's point just now, talking about these receivers and running backs. You know, are we gonna are we gonna keep seven receivers and four running backs? Probably not, but it's it's like you can't tell me that these thoughts aren't crossing their minds. Like, you know, do we go six and three? I, I, I'm with you guys. I think they're going to keep at least six probably, right? But, um, no, Emmanuel Wilson is making a uh, – he's making a strong, strong case <laughs> uh, fighting for that last running back spot, however many it's going to be. Um, so he stood out to me for sure yesterday. Got it. Got it. Yeah, he uh, – man, he's a baller. There's no doubt about it. And now we're getting more carries, and you're seeing he's kind of stabilizing those numbers um, for sure. Let's go to the chat for a second. Stephen Smith asked, our defensive front seemed excellent. He didn't ask. He said, our defensive front seemed excellent. Wide receiver and running back 53 selection is going to come down next week. Safety is still a question, and interior offensive line needs help. And then Eric Sutherland in the chat said, if these young guys stay healthy and continues to look uh, this good, imagine the next few years in Green Bay. I'm excited for the future. I agree, man. This is one of those things that I think everybody was coming into this season, Eric, and, and we were kind of looking at it from a from the standpoint of, hey, look, if they win a few games, great, but let's let's get the foundation in place. Let's kind of get things geared up for the future. If they come out this year and make the playoffs, this is looking like this uh, this success is going to continue for the next five, ten years. You know. Um, it's exciting. It really is. Really is. And I want to say this. Uh, Eric Sutherland is a member here on the channel. We got several people. Um, Eric Sutherland, Roger Davis, um, Cheesehead Murph. I want to let you guys know that one of the perks of being a member, you don't have to participate, but just understand it is a perk um, that if you're a member of the channel, um, you know, you uh, you can basically join the chat that we've got people added in. If you ever want to call into the show, just know that invite is there for you guys. I was trying to think of a way to reward you guys for helping support the channel. Um, and obviously helping co cover costs on equipment, stuff like that. So I thought that'd be kind of cool if you guys ever want to hop on the show. Um, we can add you in the Twitter DM and um, and have you on with us. So just uh, wanted to mention that. Let's see here. We got uh, who else in the chat here? Ian in the chat. Jacob, he says, if Rashad, if Rashid Walker is the better, bigger, long-term solution at tackle, is Josh worth a second or third round pick? Um, tackle carries a lot of value, Ian. I don't know if we'd be able to get a second or a third round out of him, although that is the pretty much the tender we put on him, if I remember correctly. Um, it's an interesting question. It is. But just like edge uh, edge rusher, you know, Jacob, you can't have too many tackles, man, quality tackles anyway. What everybody's referring to, I'm going to close the chat here for just a second. And um, so if you guys uh, do comment, I'm going to go ahead and mark that one so I don't lose my place. And I want to pull up a couple things here. We've got PFF grades for you guys. So let's just start right off the bat with offense, Jacob, since we were talking about Rasheed Walker, okay? Um, so these were the offensive grades for the game against the New England Patriots, and it's pretty exciting stuff, man. You've got Romeo Dobbs at a 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91.0, 91
John Runyon at 87.0, Jordan Love at 86.9, Malik Heath at 83.0, Cody Kress at 82.6, although it was just four snaps, um, Sean Clifford 81.8, and he had 41 snaps, Rashid Walker 78.9, he had 43 snaps, Emmanuel Wilson 73.4 with 27 snaps, Royce Newman had a decent day at 71.6 with 41 snaps. And then Jake Hansen at right guard is what they had listed as 70.4 with 34 snaps. Luke Musgrave, 70.3 with 24 snaps. So that's pretty exciting stuff there. Let me know if you guys need me to pop it back up. But Jacob, what do you think about those PFF grades, man? No, I think what's more important and more impressive than that is the fact that, well, and more telling, I guess, what we should breathe into so we had Rashid Walker playing those 23. I'm sorry. What was the total snap count? doesn't matter. He played like 40-ish, I believe. 40, 43. 43. So 43 total snaps. And of that, that was in the first quarter, obviously, into the second, I think, protecting the blind side of our franchise quarterback on a year where it's hit all or nothing. You know what I mean? So the fact that they trusted Rashid Walker to go out to left tackle and that they threw Yash Nijman at – right tackle and that Yash was playing snaps deep into the third to me should tell you guys something I don't know exactly what it tells you but it has to tell you something and what's really cool about that is I believe yeah Rashid Walker was our best pass blocking offensive lineman with an 88.4 pass blocking grade guys and that's and like like Clayton talked about that's on 23 pass blocking uh, snaps, not just 43 overall, 23 actual pass blocking snaps. And I want to say, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say his true pass block set was was still really, really good. So to think that we have a Rasheed Walker, a Yash Nyman, an Elton Jenkins, a Zach Tom, any of those guys, most teams are lucky if they have a solid left tackle. One, we have five that could possibly play that position. We haven't even started to talk about guys like Caleb Jones and other guys that can maybe be there in a pinch. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it really is, man. Jan Kelsey in the chat. I think that's a new name, Jan. Welcome uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you swinging through. Jan. Wilson. What's that? Jan, not Jen. It's Jan. Oh, Jan? Is that how you say it? That's how y'all – okay, my bad, man. My bad. Jan. It's got a U in it, evidently. All right. Um, <laughs> Wilson is a pure and very talented – uh, runner. However, he needs to be better at pass pro and LaFleur even criticized his fitness to be able to carry a heavy load. I mean, they're throwing this guy right into the mix. There's no doubt about that. But Tim, back to the PFF grades, man. Um, anything stand out to you there? I'm going to put it on the on the uh, I'm going to put it back up on the screen here so you can see it. Offensive PFF grades. Just confirm you can see that and tell me if anything sticks out to you. Maybe one of these will surprise you. I'm looking for Josh Meyer's name on the list. He's right down here at 16 at 65.5, and he only had there seven he is. snaps. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see him now. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Josh for a little bit because obviously we, we, we know about the errant snaps or the lack of timing on snaps, inconsistencies with snaps at center. Do you think he's, he's been here in this role as long as he has been because of his blocking ability? I mean, I believe Coach LaFleur spoke to that a little bit. He, he had some praise on uh, Josh's interior blocking there, um, which all goes to our big point here. Like you you guys had said that, you know, protecting our franchise quarterback is priority one, obviously. And we have a lot of ways that we can do that. Do you think that maybe that's why 
you know, these little errant snaps or these, these some of these communication issues that they're hoping they can just iron this out um, because of what he brings to the table as a blocker? Uh, you know, for me, <clears throat> Goody and this scouting staff, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be snob with this comment. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying this is how they look at it. They go head over heels over athleticism. And Josh Myers has got to be one of the most athletic centers uh, at least in the last 10 years. I mean, when you look at his size, at center, I remember when they drafted him and I seen his size, I was like, what in the world? I've never seen a center that big, right? So you could tell they fell in love with his athleticism. And when you run a lot of inside zone, a lot of mid zone, and a lot of duo plays, especially with the split zone look, you're looking to get offensive linemen at the second level. So he would fall under that category of a quote unquote finesse run blocker, right? Or a finesse pass blocker. And someone that can get to the next level because he's got the RAS, he has the athletic ability to do that. Um, the big thing for me with with Josh Myers, and and again, anytime that I talk about specific positions, it's not coming from a from a sense of hey, look, I understand this position. These are things I've learned from people that I've got to communicate with. People like Mike Wall. He said when he looks at Josh Myers, any offensive lineman across the board, Tim, he always says. You can be as strong as anybody in the league. You can be as fast as anybody in the league. but And you can be as smart as anybody in the league. But if your technique is not sound, if your footwork is not sound, you're screwed. And he said Josh Myers' footwork is pretty much screwed. So it's a matter of is he going to fix it. I went back and watched that botch snap again, too. And you guys were right. The guy started to break into the neutral zone, and he's seen it. You can see him look over at the corner of his eye. He, like, flinched his head a little bit and tried to snap the ball. But the problem was the guy didn't break the break the neutral zone. So I know last night I was like, well, we criticized him last week for not doing it. This week he did it. No, this week he screwed up again. It, it's it, The guy was not in the neutral zone, and he snapped it. You can't do that. You just can't do that because the rest of the offensive line, everyone else on the offense was holding holding still, right? Um, that's how you know that that was the case. If, if there had been three or four linemen moved at the same time that he snapped the ball, then you go, okay, one or two were off on their snap count, but it was simply him. Um, he, he screwed the pooch again. What were you going to say, Jacob? No, I was just going to comment on that because I wrote that down on my notes. I uh, LaFleur just went live with another press conference just about an hour before we went live here. And I have spent the last 20 minutes I had free listening to the bulk of it. He was asked about that snap and he said that they do coach and train Josh that anytime he sees anybody coming into the peripheral jumping across that zone that he needs to snap it. The problem, like you said, is he, he didn't even, he didn't even cross into that kind of gray area where you maybe would get a good flag. So Jordan love at that same exact time, just happened to be looking off and not looking at the center, obviously not waiting for the ball. The ball looked a lot more egregiously snapped and then it was like a wild, right. But when you really stop and look at it, it wasn't that bad of a shotgun snap. It's probably pretty typical, you know, one that you just see him kind of, grab and still make that drop and everything but it was the fact that jordan just wasn't even looking at it that josh thought he saw something he 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 didn't quite honestly see but then more than anything on that play what concerned me it wasn't necessarily because in my head i thought well jordan didn't see it myers thought he saw the guy jump because i could see the same type of thing but it was the lack of the urgency to get on the ball like nobody seem just dive on the ball you don't it's you with a with a botch snap like that i was always taught that you just you dive and you turtle on that thing and you turn into an armadillo and you just cover it 
like you're walking through it. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Um, Fat guys fall on it. Skinny guys pick it up, right? Well, yeah, but even that, so Zach Tom tried to like pick it up with his hand and Jordan Love He's tried, not to, a like, skinny guy. tried to like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting here going, dude, don't do that. Like make a I decision. Thought Jordan Love, I thought Jordan Love handled it right, Jacob. Like he tried to dive on the ball, but at the same time, if he extends that arm, and one of those big boys land on no, that arm. No, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was just uh, again though, man. It's on Myers that you know but the dude I wasn't will, in. He wasn't in the neutral zone. Yeah, right. That's true. So he made a bad call and he made an arguably bad snap because it wasn't like on target. But if it were to hit Jordan right in the face, it would have just probably bounced down closer to the defense. But anyways, true, yeah. um, Josh Myers did. We should pump the brakes a little bit on that. He's just the worst center of all time, like you've talked about. He's an athletic freak. He's a physical specimen. He did finish with a 79.7 pass blocking grade and a 63.2 run block grade. Run blocking grade, I'd love to see improved, but that pass blocking grade, guys, we've said that that's where the NFL's bread is buttered. It's in your pass protection because the passing is the most important thing to any NFL offense. So if, if Josh Myers is consistently rating an 80, I mean, that's the sixth overall of our – by the way, our whole offensive line and anybody that was doing pass protection, I'll just say this. Even Tucker Craft, who – where I cut off my little blip that I had here, he was our 14th ranked – tied for 14th ranked offensive uh, offensive player with a pass blocking grade of 70.2. So anybody in between that is doing dang good. And starting from number nine, Cole Schneider with a 77.1, going up is Royce Newman at 78.8. In between, you have guys like Elton Jake and John Runyon, and Josh Myers with 79, 81, 81, basically 82s. That's almost, I don't want to say elite, but you're getting up there in the in the high air there. I mean, and it's everybody, everybody on our line and all of our tackles and all of our tight ends. I mean, I'm just AJ Dillon's seventh with a 79.5. That's something that get excited about that. That's really, yeah. really cool. Definitely. It's better than the alternative for sure. Um, one thing I will say about this blocking scheme, though, when you run a zone blocking scheme, a, a mainly a wide zone blocking scheme, it's set up so that when you run play action pass, everything looks like the run. And I honestly think that that does fudge the numbers in pass blocking just a little bit as opposed to just a normal drop back passing grade. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the strength. If you here's – the, here's the good news. If you were to ask me, Clayton, you can only choose one. You can have great pass blocking or great run blocking. Which would it be? I'm saying pass blocking all day long because you can scheme yeah. gaps open. You can you can gain gaps. You can win the hat count by out scheming the opponent co- uh, the the opposing coach. But when it's a third and eight and you got to drop back and throw that ball with a five man protection, you can't scheme against that. Those those guys are coming, and you need good pass blockers to uh, to hold up for sure. We got Mike in the chat says. Packer fans since 1959. I think that was the year that Lambeau was built. How crazy is that, man? He said, Packer fans since 1959. I love your work. I watch all the podcasters. You are my number one. I appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. Um, thank you for tuning into the channel. We uh, we don't take that lightly for sure. Um, Mike Hebring here poses a really good question, uh, Tim. He says, what are we doing with Deguara? His play seems to be regressing. Let's pull up the PFF one more time. And, again, guys, I want to say this. There's somebody rolling their eyes right now, I guarantee it, and I respect your opinion. PFF isn't everything. It isn't. It's just another tool. It's one of many tools. I like to watch the tape. I don't grade them numerically, but I like to watch the tape and take notes of 
things that I've seen that, that were done well, things that were done bad, and then compare them to the PFF grades. But, again, so to go back to what Mike's point now, and I may have to drop your chat down here real quick, Mike, to make sure we can see it. Josiah DeGuara is 20th. He had a 61.9 rating, only 10, uh, only 10 snaps, though, only 10 total snaps. Um, they're getting these young guys involved, Tim. There's no doubt about that. Um, are you uh, are you concerned about Josiah Aguara? Not not concerned, but do you, does it to you? Does it seem like his play is regressing as well? I guess is the better question. I think he's a guy that's just in a position where it's almost like a like an identity crisis. You he's know, a like tweener, what? Right? He's a yeah, he's a tweener. Is he a tight end? Is he an H back? Is he a fullback? Like what? What? And we know what what the role we'd like him to have ideally in this Lafleur offense. But as far as him finding that groove, I think that might be what we're what we're talking about here, guys. Is it's it's like uh, he's kind of caught in the in the middle, and you know he's not doing anything super terrible, and he's not doing anything exceptionally well. He's just kind of you know, going with the flow. And I think maybe as we round out camp and start heading into week one, maybe the, the things are more clear and he, we get a little more consistency, but just my take on it would be like, he's kind of, you know, kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, I, I do think he makes this team. I don't know about you guys. I, I think he makes the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. so. I do. I, I'm really excited about, uh, Luke Musgrave graded out as a 70.3 with 24 snaps. I'm telling you, man, when I turn on the tape with him, he kind of flies off the off the screen at me. And, and in the blocking, it's not that he's dominant. He doesn't look like George Kittle out there blocking Jacob. But, dude, that, that guy is just always in the right place at the right time. And he never, you know, botches the block. You're not going to see him pancake many people. He's not going to be a road grader. But he's going to get in the way. He's like me on a basketball court, man. I sucked at basketball. But there's one thing I was good at. I would be the goon and I would get in somebody's way. I get down there in the paint a little bit and play dirty. He just seems like he's he's kind of that type of player that he's going to do just enough in the blocking game to solidify that for himself. And then of course he's going to be a menace in the passing game for sure. Let's do this. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. I've seen several questions coming in here. Uh, make sure I don't get off track. Yeah, here we go. Zane in the chat said JJ looking like uh, Zadarius Smith out there, man. J.J. and Igbari absolutely went off. And I broke down his tape earlier. Um, when I broke down his tape, Jacob, these are the, the notes I had from it. And, and you guys can see that. You can go back to the previous live stream from earlier today. It's just it's called a Packers Total Access Chalk Talk. And with Kingsley's two plays that I broke down, great first step, great power. He's playing. I can tell a big difference from this, this year from last year. He's playing with more control. And it's just a, a huge, huge difference, man. He's taking a major step. But his PFF grade, was a 96.4, Jacob. I'm going to pop up the rest of the defense, but what did you think about uh, J.J. and Ibarre and his 96.4? Have we ever had a player grade out that high? I would love to know the answer to that question. I was trying to remember if I've ever seen a grade that high before. Um, the only time that I can honestly remember off the top of my head was when I saw Carl Brooks's grade from when he was at Boise State, I believe, or one of his – no, not Boise State, forgive me um, – um, gosh, whatever, something state, uh, Bowling Green, I believe. And it was like a 96. And I thought, oh, my God, that's like the biggest score I've ever seen. <laughs> and then you look at down the line and, I mean, look at what Kingsley did. And that's obviously on on defense. But I also – you pepper in the fact that he made a tackle on special teams and had like the second overall grade on special teams as well. I mean, the dude 
Matt LaFleur said it in his press conference again today that he has been probably up there with one of the best camps that anybody has had in this whole preseason, which is just we forget that that guy can take a giant jump and it seems as if he has. And I've talked about it that my, uh, when I first started the stream today, that I'm so weirdly okay with the quarterback depth, the running back depth, the wide receiver depth, the running back depth, the O-line depth. I didn't get to edge. Cause I, you know, I'm, I keep talking too much, but edge D line, interior D line linebacker and quarterback. But again, this edge room is just freaking scary. Um, <laughs> It's it's weird to think of that because we spent an overall one draft pick on King uh, Kingsley on Mr. Van S. And a lot of people I saw in the comments yesterday were like, oh, another game where we didn't see Van S do anything. I saw a lot of improvement from him. I saw him setting the edge, I saw him using his strength more. I saw him trying to do, you know, it seemed like the first game Ryan talked about it too, that he got a little bit too cute, tried to use a lot more hand movement, some some very you can tell that he's being coached and all this kind of things and he's trying to implement them. But like we've talked about, just use that God given strength of being able to just run a man over. And it seems like he did that a little bit more this game. He set the edge. I saw him create a couple tackles for losses. I think he had a couple of hurries or a different, uh, he, he just, he just looked better. He looked more confident. It looked like the game slowed down a little bit for him. But then you also look at there who's number four overall, Justin Hollins, 78.7. And you saw a couple different snaps where he, was in the quarterback's face. I would have just liked that he put his hands up on a couple of those um, plays because it seems like he was so close to that quarterback if he just would have put his hands up. I think he did cause an incompletion. I think one was to Zappi and um, another one too. But I'm just excited. Luke Van Ness overall, I believe, yeah, sixth edge defender. I mean, and we got guys like Keyshawn Banks who quietly has been having a very good preseason, very good um, very good camp. So it's just unreal to think that we <clears> – <throat> I don't think that we can snipe away any sort of back end talent from the edge position like we could on others to make room for maybe a, a sixth or seventh wide receiver. Cause that edge room, I still love Brenton Cox Jr. I still hope he finds a way to get on the team, but I'm just jacked, man. It's it's, it's fun. Kingsley's elite right now. Yeah. Oh man. Hey guys, is there is there anything more exciting for a defensive player, especially an edge guy, to just come up and force the fumble and then recover it? I mean, I love. I mean, other than maybe like Al Harris style uh, game ceiling pick six or something, but like forcing the fumble and recovering it is just. I love seeing defensive plays like that, and I got a feeling uh, we're going to get a lot of those from our defense this year, guys. Yeah, I agree. William in the chat says, I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I think this season is going to be fun. The draft gods have been kind to us. William, I need to know if that's an actual profile picture of you, bro, because or sir, I should say, because that beard is legendary if that's really you. You know, some people just post <laughs> random pictures as their profile. You see in this beard, Jacob, you've got to be that's got to be intimidating for you, bro. Look yeah, at that beard. I think it's my grandpa. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Jacob, Jacob and Santa Claus are getting a run for their money right now. <laughs> you got that right. William, <laughs> I need to know in the chat, is that your picture? Because if it is, tip of the cap to you, sir. That is one heck of a beard. I hope someday I can pull that off. I'm still having trouble growing That's hair on my legs, fellas. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> um, all right, one thing I want to point out, Carl Brooks came in second on this list. Guys, he had 37 snaps, graded out at an 80.4, um, had 12 run defensive snaps, 25 pass rushing snaps, none in coverage, thank God. But 
when I broke down the tape earlier today for Carl Brooks, here's my notes from, from his performance there with that 80.4. Way more athletic than advertised. You know, you guys know his, his RAS wasn't – if I remember correctly, I may be getting them mixed up between him and Kobe Wooden, but I'm pretty sure his RAS was kind of low in the fives, if I remember correctly. We need to fact check that here in a second. I put – he plays within the scheme. There wasn't one time that I'm like, oh, man, he got out of his gap there. And I really paid a lot of attention to his snaps when I watched the tape has a high motor, and he's never overwhelmed, never overwhelmed. Um, again, an 80.4. Also, your boy here, Tim, I, I got to ask you about it, man. We got Quay Walker, 79.4, only 15 snaps, but a 79.4. Last year, he had tons of tackles throughout the season, right? But his PFF grade was always low. When I turned on tape, I seen why. Sometimes he wasn't you know, schematically sound. Sometimes he would over-pursue on plays. But seeing that 79.4, I know it's preseason, but that's got to be exciting for you to see there with that being uh, – like I said, you're, that you're, the, you're the resident Quay Walker fan here on the show for sure, Tim. But uh, what else stood out to you about the defense uh, other than, oh, my goodness, look at Lucas Van Ness, 75.8 on down the line here. But first of all, let me, let me ask you, Tim, Quay Walker, it's got to be exciting, right? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Man, that's (laughs) tangible growth right there. That's tangible growth right there. And kind of like I said the other night about Dobbs, like when we were talking about Romeo being physical and his routes looking a little more crisp this year, it's almost like the same school of logic with Quay. You're seeing these little changes that are translating to the field. And yeah, lo and behold, he's graded a little higher. We're starting to see these things, but I'm absolutely excited about Quay. I've said it, man future defensive player of the year candidate, man. I'm, I'm very high on Quay Walker, maybe higher than a lot of people, but uh, it does. It makes me excited to see this because, you know, 
PFF's not everything, like you said, but it's something. <laughs> it's it's definitely something, and it's uh, these metrics are great, and you can actually, you know, see the correlation between the changes that are being made um, off the field as they translate onto the field, and then we actually see these results. So, yeah, man, I'm fired up about Quay and uh, Green Dot last night, as expected, um, which was good, and uh, clearly the way the defense played, obviously the uh, communication didn't seem to be a problem coming from the green dot so that's another promising sign as well no doubt about it william in the chat said it is me lol no coal <laughs> for you no coal for you <laughs> good stuff with again congratulations on the beard my uh man. real quick Clay. yeah go ahead carl brooks had a 5.88 rs yeah so and i turn on the tape and i'm going this dude has got a quick first step like he doesn't look like an RAS in the fives, you know? <laughs> Andy in Kansas. You got a cow back there, bro? What is that? Well, you, you milking cows right now? Dude? Is no, no. The sirens going? No, it's, it's a, a belt. It's a belt sander. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, well. just, that's just Sunday nights here, I guess. Uh, we're doing some flooring. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, that's. That's what I want to do when I'm doing for, and I want to call into a sports talk show, right? <laughs> What's on your mind, man? What would you take away from the game? Uh, thanks for the graphic as far as the PFF grades. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember somebody who had a, as high up a PFF grade there as Kingsley. Maybe uh, I know Darnell Savage had a grade like that once or twice in a, over a few weeks a few years ago, which was – yeah, one of the highest ones we've ever really seen there. But it's, you know, it's just a product of the pace that we're seeing, the rhythm that we're seeing. When your defense has a rhythm against an offense that has the ball and can, you know, usually the offense controls the rhythm. But when you turn that around and have the defense in just in a few plays dictate it, it makes such a big difference in, in the game itself. So, you know, that strip sack, for example, we weren't desperate for a turnover. We've seen Packers defenses that couldn't stop anybody, and they relied on the turnover. 2011, for example, you know, and then we have we've had uh, uh, defenses who do the main job of a defense, and that is just stymie the offense, stop them, and then if you add the turnovers to that, you know, then you can really turn it into a powerhouse, which of course is what we saw in the 2010 season. So, if we're leaning more towards we can get a turnover. When we even when we don't necessarily need a turnover, it feels like more of a steal, you know. Otherwise, you end up desperate for a turnover, and it essentially you get the ball, but you're in bad field position because you gave up so many yards and it really didn't didn't really turn things. Where that turnover, you know, turned into a score and and, and anything. Uh, other things I've noticed: uh, two games, six for six, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So that's a great thing. Yeah. I just can't take it, dude. You got Jordy's farm fresh ad over there. It's a pro. Yeah, that's, that, that's cereal. Like a it's a box of cereal. It sounds like a cow's giving birth in the back. Yeah, going on out here? yeah that's about right. I didn't know they were going to do that upstairs while I was down. Here. I love it, dude. I'm telling you, I feel right at home, man. This is this is right now. Sounds <laughs> like Ryan. Now, all good chairs. points that you just made for sure. Um, um, just a couple of things, and I'll get back to the noise here. Um, you know, draft and develop. For for many years, it's been draft and develop, and the develop has happened off the field. The draft has uh, the develop has happened in the practice rooms and in the you know, and we didn't see that all that much. 
I think a lot of the develop we're going to see on the field. And I think that's what's going to add a thing to the excitement of this year. It's kind of, well, we don't know what we're going to get, but if we, if we, if we're, if we can see the development happening on the field, rather than just hearing about it on the practice field, you know, I think that's just going to make it, make it pretty fun. After this uh, last night's game, I believe there's only two open practices left. Is that right, Tim? Hmm. I'm not sure. Tim, do you know the answer to that question? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I believe it's Tuesday and Wednesday this week for public. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I then I think, I don't know, I'm not sure if they're off tomorrow. I think they're practicing tomorrow. We're just not allowed there. <laughs> Ryan released a schedule way back towards the beginning of the, of the priest of the training camp. And I, th- and I look back and then I think there's only two and then there's, you know, the next game. And then there's the cut down day on the 29th and there's only one of those. They used to have several of them. Now there's only one. So take what we can from this game because there's not many more looks that we're going we're gonna to get before things really rev up and get going. Uh, the only real concern that I have is um, still it's Bakhtiari. Not is he going to be on the team. I, I don't have any question about that. But when they've moved practice inside to the Don Hudson Center on turf, then they don't play him. And this year we have five turf games. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are three outside the division turf games. I believe was it Atlanta. Oh, and I looked it up the other day, and I can't remember now. No, it's a couple towards turf, the second half. So turf is a mess, dude. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. The, the fact, all you need to know is, and this is why when people criticize Bach for complaining about that, I'm on Bach's side. Football should be playing on grass, plain and simple. Yeah. And and when the excuse, Jacob, when the excuse becomes, well, we can't afford to replace the grass. Get out of my face with that crap. Yeah, I mean, seriously, what, what are you talking about? You can't afford to replace the grass. Because when they bring in these MLS teams, when they bring in the soccer teams, right, from over in Europe, they won't step off the freaking bus unless there's grass on the field. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the fact that you're not willing to do that for your players is – that's just a bad look. I'm sorry, the NFL is going to take an L for that, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah. all right, uh, Andy, you got anything else before we let you get back to the belt sander, brother? So, you know, if, if that's the way it's going to be with, with Bakhtiari, I guess I don't have any problem with them keeping, you know, as many left tackles as we have. I know Rashid Walker's been working in there. They've been looking to have him work into that. I, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I think as long as we can put whoever in there to keep the offense in a good rhythm. I think some of the problems in the later Rodgers years was that he wanted to control how the offense performed, which is unrealistic. All you can do is get yourself into the rhythm of the scheme and, and work it as hard as you can. And if the pieces don't all click, but we see that there's obvious talent, all of these guys are growing at the same time. So we're going to have several years of this grouping of talent working through rather than it being staggered with a whole bunch of free agents whose contracts are expiring, you know, year by year by year. So I just look forward to it. And I think Goody, the, the, I think Goody, the scout, is really in is kind of controlling the you know the the GM game rather than Goody the GM thinking we got to put all these pieces together you know instead of people say he's not all in of course he's all in he's just all in on young guys yeah right yeah not it's like Goose was saying in the chat earlier man Goody's in his bag this year this draft class looks like it's going to go down as one of the best ever if if yeah. things continue to progress in the direction they're yeah. going and last year's too very good stuff yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Good stuff, Andy. Hey, we appreciate you calling in, man. We're going to let you get back to it. Bro. Right. See ya. Thanks. Yeah, Bye. Take care, man. Again, that was uh, Andy in Kansas. Just over there doing – just a man doing man things, man, with the belt standard. 
I'm a man. I'm 40. Just how it is. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, let me get back to the chat. Jacob, are you going to say something just now, bud? No, no, no. Okay, no. there you go. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcast school's really paid off. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Packers offensive number one in PFF, 80.6. And that was uh, not on my bingo card. And number one defense at 76. They don't make bingo cards with that on them. Let's go ahead and do that, Mike. Let's go to uh, the overall PFF grades and rankings from teams. Okay. So far this preseason, there are your PFF overall rankings. Wow. Vegas Raiders in first, Green Bay Packers in second with 82.5. Kansas City Chiefs in third. And people will look at this and go, oh, it's a preseason. It don't matter. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They're third. The Chargers are a playoff team. They're fourth. Tampa Bay's a borderline playoff team. They're fifth. The Chicago Bears evidently just lucked up. They lucked into this. <laughs> the Ravens have a stout roster. They've got a former MVP at quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons had solid PFF grades the entire year last year. And then, of course, the Buffalo Bills are considered a powerhouse. They're 73.8 coming in not. But I'm not saying we should read too much into it, gang. But that's pretty exciting stuff that we're the second overall graded team in the entire NFL. What do you think about it, Jacob? I mean, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But at this point, uh, I'm just I'm just so excited that we have so much young talent. We've talked about it in the beginning going into this preseason and the OTAs. We thought that that was going to be a very much an, a hindrance, not an asset. And I think that all of a sudden – I'm looking at this through the eyes of a general manager and I'm thinking like, okay, I've got a group of guys that are freaking cohesive that are firing, that are talented. And I don't have to really pay any of them other than like their rookie contract for another two to three years, depending on maybe even a little bit more. We have the ability to really put together a freaking powerhouse underdog team this year. Next year, it'd be one of those, like if everybody takes that two year, your three-year step, and then the year after that, I believe, is like the sure hand. That's the Super Bowl year. But in any one of those years now going forward, we have so much unknown talent, so much potential ceiling that we have no idea where that ceiling is. We kind of know where the floor is roughly, but this right now is a great indication of what we could be, and I'm just freaking jacked, man. I mean, this is about as good as it could be at this point, in my opinion, as good as it could possibly be. That is very well said. That is very well said. And as far as the Chicago Bears being a, a sixth at 75.3, I'll tell you this. They didn't play Justin Fields this week, and it sounded like it helped for great a little bit. I don't know. but uh, The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We let them off the hook. Let's get back to the chat here. This thing's off the rails. Tim, Tim, what do you think about those overall grades for the team? And you, you, you know, it's it's nice to see. Are you putting a lot of stock into it? How do you feel about that? I, I feel kind of like Jacob. You know, you take it take it with a grain of salt, but it's certainly something that's nice to see. Um, and the Bears being on that list, I mean, you know, whatever. Even a broken clock's wrong twice a day, right? But um, the 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 whole point I'm trying to make is, guys, at this point in camp, where we're at. You know, one preseason game left. There's a lot to work on, a lot a lot of question marks, a lot of things we need to improve. But wouldn't you agree that overall we have more to be happy about 
and excited about and more more positives than negatives when it comes to this team? Uh, yeah, it's it's it seems too good to be true at this point, to be honest with you. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it going, OK, where's the catch? What's where's the catch? Right. What's the catch? Um, I don't know. I like where they sit, man. I really do. Losing our our stud blocking tight end for the year kind of threw a wrench in that. So I guess that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't help. But I hear you. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, maybe it is. But right. I don't know, man. I, I'm full of positivity going into this season, and I don't I don't know if I felt as positive last year at this time. So yeah, I think right. it's improvement across the board. And you you know you can only compete under the circumstances you're faced with. You can only play play the opponent across you know, across the field from you, right? And you turn on the tape, these PFF grades match it, man. This team's played great so far. And again, people say, oh, well, they're not even playing their starters. Okay, last night, the Patriots played their their starters, and our team continued to compete after the starters left. Sean Clifford with a PFF grade in the 80s, I'm sitting there going, all right, dude, this guy has got to fall off the cliff sooner or later, right? But it's just not happening at this point. Dakota in the chat said, hey, those billionaires be tripping. And then Goose says, those rich men north of Richmond. Which, by the way, Jacob turned me on to that, Goose. He told me what you were talking about. And it is a great song. There's no doubt about that, man. No doubt about that. Um, let's see. Let's go ahead and get this off the screen. Oh, well, I did want to highlight this comment, and we'll get it off the screen here. Uh, let's see here. R-O-K-B says, Dobbs has some hands, boys. I thought everyone was crazy when they uh, first called that incomplete. I thought it was incomplete the first time through, Beast. But, man, looking back on it, what what a freaking catch, dude. Romeo Dobbs, Jacob, you said it. I know you're not the only person to say it, but you you definitely are the one that sticks out in my mind talking about it earlier. And you're going, this guy's going to have a great year. This guy's going to have a great year. And I'm sitting there going, he graded out as a number three wide receiver last year across the NFL. If he jumps to a two, that'd be great. Dude, from what we've seen so far, this cat, I mean, he's looking as advertised now, Jay. Yeah, he really is. And, again, not to, to steer the conversation away from that question, but the Green Bay Packers are getting slept on so drastically hard in every sort of, like, fantasy football way, but every sort of betting prop. Like, when you look right now, you go on to drafters, you go on to Yahoo, any of these, like, seasonal grades, they still have Christian Watson at five-and-a-half touchdowns. For the season, how is that possible? They have Jordan Love at 3,300 passing yards and, and um, Justin Fields at like 2,935. What? I mean, either you're telling me that like the caps, that either that cap's wrong for both of them or Justin Fields is not going to be within 1,000 yards of Jordan Love at the end of the year. You can take this and run it to the bank and cash it in. And I will work for you for slave labor if I'm wrong. I just put out way too many caveats there. But uh, <laughs> I will say, though, too, last night, so, for instance, if you guys are familiar, if you're getting familiar with your team and what they're going to do and you, you pay attention to the um, to the habits, to the injuries and all that. So last night, I just figured right before the game started, I figured, hey, man, I should go on prize picks. Prize picks, about to be a sponsor of uh, the network here, by the way. Just just check out prize picks. Great spot. Um I wanted to do like a three pick parlay. So I decided they have these pickums, the over unders basically. So they had Emmanuel Wilson at 22 and a half rushing yards. So basically you just pick the over under. I picked the over because I thought there's no way that Emmanuel Wilson's not going to have a bulk, at least a quarter to run this ball. Right. They said Malik Heath, 19 and a half receiving yards. I thought to myself, there's no way that Malik Heath isn't going to play the at least a half of football. 
and they're going to, and Sean Clifford likes the guy. Why would they not force it? And then Trey Nixon, a guy that I know when I looked over at the uh, new England side of it, I thought I looked at his past, you know, performances. They're the guy that it's a guy that they like, but when you looked at what new England did, they passed, 20 percent of the game their last preseason game and they don't pass a lot so long story short i ended up making five, 50 bucks after uh placing a five dollar entry and yesterday and it, makes, it was fun man I'm, I'm telling you it was fun to watch that happen and see these guys because it's like we've done i've done the work of watching their tendencies knowing where they like to go seeing them through camp listening to the when you when you do the homework it makes putting a little bit of money on it that much more satisfying because it's not a guess it's more of like you feel like an insider, and it's really cool. I'm just saying, get into it, guys. It's fun. So, man, Mike Ebring said, oh, and by the way, the Jets are third from last overall PFF. <laughs> That's true. 65% of me cares about that. What did you just 65. say, What did you just say? 65% of me cares about 65%. that. 65%. 65%. That's what we- Live looking on Tim over there. 65. I gotta do it one more time. 65 percent. 65 percent. That's what we said. He's so damn quirky, and I love that guy, man. I love. It. Oh, it breaks me up every time. Some of y'all are like, please stop playing it, Clayton. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna continue to play. It's gonna happen all year long. Promise you. Jacob's been tired of it since day one. Uh, let's see here. What else we got in, this, in the chat? Uh, Jay Lewis says the Chicago Bears struggled in their joint practices last week. Those Bears fans are awfully quiet in the line. Hey, I posted it earlier. I posted the statistics from uh, Jordan Love uh, so far in two two preseason games this year. 66% completion percentage, um, no interceptions. And just to put that into perspective, it's preseason. I get it. But Aaron Rodgers' career completion percentage was 65%, just so everybody knows. So anything above 65%, I'm sorry. I'm going to always point that out. It's going to happen. Um, it is what it is. And those that say, oh, don't compare him to a legend. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because I want to know where he ranks. I want to know where he falls. You know, we know Aaron's one of the best to ever do it. I want to see if Jordan can be that way too, right? And don't he, tell me he, he gets compared to a legend the day that he was drafted. I mean, that's just comes with the territory, right? Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. Goose says Fields will be the worst quarterback in the NFL as long as Zach Wilson um, doesn't end up <laughs> end up starting. <laughs> it's such a it's such an honest comment, man. He probably will be the the worst. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just amazing to me that like they chose to move forward with Justin Fields, right? They chose to move forward with Justin Fields, and they had the number one overall pick. There's not a person on God's green earth that didn't realize that Bryce Young is a better quarterback than Justin Fields, right? So why not go ahead and take Bryce Young, have a quarterback competition, and there was enough interest in Justin Fields that you could trade him. That way it ensures you that you upgrade the quarterback position. But it's it's the it's almost like the Bears are just trying to it's it's the opposite of what we talk about, Jacob. We talk about we're building the team, not collecting talent. It's it's literally like the Bears are just collecting talent. It's not about winning. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play just to play. You play to win the game, right? Um, I don't know, dude. I, I love watching them waller in it up there in Chicago, though. I really do. And I, I used to be the fan, Tim. I used to be that fan that was like, man, I respect Bears fans. I would go to a game and I would have great conversation with Chicago Bears fans. I get on Twitter and I'm like, these people are freaking horrible. 
<laughs> They're horrible <laughs> human beings. <laughs> and I know Twitter isn't a real place. I get it. But, man, it's toxic. So toxic. Um, here's a good question as we get ready to wrap up. Lee86 says, what's a good comp for Dobbs? What is a good comp for Dobbs? Jake, was it Jake Shavink last night, Jacob, that said he's getting serious Donald Driver vibes from Dobbs? Was that him that said that? Gosh, I kind of think remember. that's what it was. Yeah, look, yeah. Goose in the chat. Um, Dobbs really seems like Driver to me. Okay. Or, or, or a young prime Greg Jennings. Yeah, I was thinking I think, Greg yeah. Jennings more. I think more Greg Jennings than Driver. Yeah, I agree. But Driver, man, yeah, what a what a player, dude. What a player. He could do anything, you know, yeah. especially to be as small as he is. And a to great be able dancer. To... What's that? What'd you say, Jacob? And a great dancer. Is he a good dancer? How do you know that? He won. Jacob? Are you serious? You didn't know that he won? Didn't he win? Uh, so you think he can dance or whatever the thing is? Oh, dancing, know, with, dancing the with the stars. God. Dancing, Dancing with, with the stars. The I don't watch. I don't watch TV at all, I man. I, I keep hearing people calling the Packer after dark, talking about these TV shows, and I'm like, bro, I need to watch one more snap of Packer football. But you're <laughs> telling me that Donald Driver went on to to, to 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 compete in a dancing contest? Is that what I'm hearing? What the yep. Going on out here? That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hey, you gotta have that footwork to play football, right? Especially receiver position. No doubt about that. Yeah, I would say it's Jennings, but I understand what Goose and, and Jake were saying, um, saying driver for sure. Um, let's see here. Zane in the chat said, I picked up all our guys on my fantasy team so nobody else could get them. I love it, dude. That's the reason I can't play fantasy, Zane. I would get my rear-ended hand to me. I, I would constantly be trying to draft and trade for Packer players just so, just so like I had a little more, little more on the line on Sunday for sure. Um, Goose in the chat. Of course, says, listen, Jets, you better give us our 65%. All right. What else we got, guys? Anything else? Anything else? Jacob. Sneezing over here. Um, One thing I just wanted to comment on is that um, it feels like we won the game because in a lot of reality, we did win the game. We won the time of possession 26.02 to 23.29 when the game got stopped. The Pats did have a little bit – I'll say some negatives quick. It did feel like we had way too many penalties. Valentine seemed to come back to earth and show that, yes, he's a rookie and that he gets a little grabby at times. It seemed like that the run holes on the defense were just way too giant and open and that we were missing some some tackles again in certain situations. And that the third downs, again, not something I'd like to see. Pats were 5-9. and nine. Green Bay was only 5-10 of 10, or 4-10. of 10. So there are some things that we definitely need to work on. I'm more than willing to see Jordan Love in a third preseason game for at least two or three uh, series. So that being said, I'm more than excited, and I'm really, really pumped that um, going into this year that we're not just a – it's not a build, a rebuild year, that this could be a 10-plus a, a win team that has the ability to really shock people at the later end of the season. Yeah, I agree, man. It, you know, and that's the thing too, like – People know, oh, well, these are the same receivers coming back, and they, and they got younger at receiver. Well, you've got to take into consideration those receivers last year got a whole year under their belt, a whole year of experience, right? Um, and they're being kind of – you know, Goody's not going to put them out there if you don't think they can perform. I, I don't buy into this crap. I've heard other sports talk hosts. I'm not going to name drop, but they're saying, well, Goody has basically admitted that they're not interested in winning this year. I'm going, shut up, dude. Are you serious? If they come out and they win three games – 
and Jordan Love is a flop, Goody loses his job. That happens. There's no yeah. doubt about it. To sit here and pretend like, well, oh, no, we're just going to make sure we get the guys snaps and we don't care about winning. And, and the parallel he always draws is Mercedes Lewis. Guys, you know, I wanted Mercedes Lewis on the roster. I did. But when he says, well, you know, Goody didn't want to sign Mercedes Lewis because it's going to take snaps away from Luke Musgrave. What Goody's saying is, what's the point in signing him if he's not going to be on the field? And I understand that perspective as well. Now, to get an injury, it makes sense. But to sit here and pretend like, uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis is going to make this huge difference uh, in the team. What what Goody, he's trying to paint this picture. This sports talk show host is trying to paint this picture that um, you're making the team worse just to get your young guy snaps. But he's not taking into consideration that Luke Musgrave can hit explosive plays. He can he can score a touchdown in the blink of an eye, uh, you know, split out his wide receiver. You're not going to get that with Mercedes Lewis. So there's a, a much more of a, a ceiling, Tim than a floor, right? As opposed to with Mercedes Lewis, you have a little bit higher floor. If you're looking to win now, yes, Mercedes Lewis makes a lot of sense shoring up the run game and this and that. But to sit here and pretend like he can provide the same the same chance of explosive plays as, uh, as Luke Musgrave is just silly, man, silly. I agree with that totally. And I, I'm in your camp. I wanted Big Dog back too, at least at least for camp, you know, see yeah. what see what happens. Um but uh, obviously that wasn't going to happen. And and Goody has this job because of his judgment. So, you know, and like you said, it's his job to lose. He's either going to look like a genius or a buffoon. Right. So we're going to we're going to see how this is going to pan out. But I'll tell you guys, are we is it nine days? I believe it's nine days. We will know who the, the 53 are on this team. The 29. Wow, man. Nine days. Yeah. Yeah. And only 10 days till your birthday, Jacob. Right. Happy early birthday. I was going to say, man, that's the day after that's my birthday. And then I realized that I'm older and I'm just one more day closer to death. Sorry, <laughs> maybe, you get a, <laughs> maybe you get a birthday present and Brenton Cox is on that 53. That's what I'm oh, saying. If I, if, if I can wish for anything, it's, it's some Cox on my birthday. Oh, God. Dang it. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jake, we get us canceled. That's see, that's why I can't market for children on YouTube. I want to market for children. I want this to be wholesome, and Jacob always ruins it. It's technically, always. that's a valid statement. All right, God. Jacob's yeah. mind is where the Bears' season is in the gutter. <laughs> yeah. We all know, without a doubt, that the Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> that's why we took the damn field. <laughs> All right, guys, stop oh, commenting. I'm trying to get to all these comments, and I can't, man. We're out of time. We're up against the gun here. Jacob making his comments, getting me sidetracked. Yeah, I got people. It's literally like a request line. Everybody wants to hear 65%. Now, we can do the whole show to 65%. Um, there, there was one comment here. Yeah, Jeff said, people are talking about them cutting Torrey. I just don't see it. Whoever those people are, tell them to shut up, Jeff, because I thought Torrey has looked good so far. I really have. I think he's I think he's going to be a solid backup. Somebody who's going to completely understand the system. Got a little bit of chemistry with Jordan Love. He's going to be one of those guys that come in off the bench that that you just don't expect to, to contribute, you know, whenever we get a little banged up during the season for sure. And he adds depth to our uh, return game as well. Yeah. Hey, dude, he looked looked darn good in the return game for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and again, when it comes to punt returns, guys, you know what I'm talking about? Just catch that thing. Listen. Just, just catch it. Don't even worry about returning. Just catch it. It's hard to believe it was 
little over a year ago, we had people that couldn't do that, man. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wild. All right, Jacob, parting thoughts, buddy. Uh, man, I'm just looking for one more solid week of practice. I really do want to see, like I said, I want to see all of our start, not all of them, obviously the ones that we know Bach, maybe not Jenkins, but I really do want to see another solid two series to three series at least. I want to see what we have in Emmanuel Wilson. If Goodson can get back, I, I need him to get back. Very intrigued from what I saw from DeBose. And um, I'd like to see Walker maybe get another full half of play just to see really like, is, is he that yeah. guy? See if it's um, legit, right? Is he legit? Because if he's legit, I mean, that that's really cool. And um, on the defensive side of the ball, I want to see Carrington Valentine, how he, how he responds. He had a, a, a game that made us seem that like – He's human. He's not just this crazy seventh-round phenom that he's going to end up making some rookie mistakes. And then with Tarverius Moore, I don't think we touched on it. He had a little bit of an injury there. So that safety group, what is going on at safety? I still have no idea. I saw Rudy Ford in there on a few cute, crucial plays, and I saw uh, Owens there doing some stuff. And and I just I have no idea where they're going to go with that. I have to imagine Savage is one and one A. I don't know what 1B is right now. It could be any of those guys. It could be somebody that's a free agent for at this point. I have no idea. So, want clarity. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll get a little bit of it. I think this third preseason game, according to LaFleur today, I'm sure you've seen the same pressure. They're planning on playing him, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, he says he, he says he's going to play. It's not a matter of if. It's just how long. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll, uh, we'll start rounding out this uh, – this top 53 and see uh, see who's going to make the roster. There's, week one's going to be here. In this. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm dreading, though. It's coming It's coming up like this monster in the distance, too, is that that preseason bye week, man. I hate it. Where you have to go a full week with no football whatsoever. It sucks. But maybe we can do something fun. I was thinking about this, guys. And you guys tell me if you'd be interested in this. What if we did a watch party? What if we did a watch party and we had a poll of, okay, let's give five games – five of our favorite games in Packers history, right? And we did a watch party and live streamed it. Because to the best of my knowledge, I am allowed to stream a whole game. It'll get copyright hit, but the NFL allows it, okay, which means we just can't monetize on it, which is totally cool. But what if we did hang out and broadcast on here an old Packer game that we all enjoyed? What do y'all think about that? Would y'all be interested in that? So you're saying and that silent, we deafening. You, you pick one game or you can split the best game. idea ever, Jacob. And you were just like a moron. <laughs> Go ahead. What are you saying? I'm reading the comments. I'm reading the comments. Are you saying we could just watch one single game or you splice in different moments from different games? I, I wasn't listening. No, Sorry. one one single game. Like for instance, you, you remember the game like where Brett Favre's Yeah, his first I was start. Just say Brett Favre's dad or whatever when right. his dad like died it. against the Raiders. Hey, here's Pierce. another one. Yeah, what about the ice bowl, right? We could get together and watch the ice bowl. So basically how it would work is we would broadcast it right on here. I would share the screen. We would broadcast it. We would all be here watching it live, and then people could hang out in the chat, and we could talk the whole time while we watched it. That'd be kind I'm of down. I'm, I'm totally down for that. That would be awesome. And the reason it comes Steelers. to mind is we're going to have that bye week, right? We're going to have that bye week, and we're not going to have any football. How about we make that a tradition that during that preseason bye week, we watch a classic game on that Sunday, hop on here and just all hang out, have a beer or two and watch the game. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be, it'd be just as much fun trying to narrow it down to which game we're going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's kind of like the draft in fantasy football, right? You enjoy that more than you do the season. Uh, 
for sure. All right. Have you ever seen Tell it? Me, sounds like uh, it. Be the Hammer says Space Theater 3000 Packer style. Do you remember that stupid show? <laughs> Space Theater 3000. What the hell is there that? that where the Muppets or the puppets would sit and watch like old, really bad movies and just make fun of it the whole time. <laughs> oh, God, it was on uh, comedy. I'm telling Who you, did this? I can't you remember what it's called. Puppets, would you say? It was like they had like little Muppet characters that would watch really crappy movies and then they'd, they'd rip on them the whole time. It was on like I mean, I hear, Comedy Central. I hear about people's 90. childhood. It blows my mind. Like my childhood was three movies, okay? <laughs> it was Dance, it was Roadhouse. Roadhouse, it was Roadhouse, Dances with Wolves, and then Roadhouse, right? That's what it was. <laughs> we watched in my house. I hear people talking about their favorite cartoons. I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. We were watching Biker movies. Um, but anyway, uh, all right, let's get out of here. I'm sorry. Everybody Mystery in chat. Science Theater. There we go. Okay. M- Mystery Science Theater 3000. Look it up. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. I think y'all are on acid or something. I don't know what's going on. Explain, how did we not get the Roadhouse from Peter Griffin clip? On hey, man, I, I got to upload. I forgot to upload. I do have this <laughs> one for you, though. I, my vote is the is the Brett Favre coming out party game. I think that would be fun. You think God never farted? That one right there. We uh, <laughs> we got to get Roadhouse back in here. Um, again, my goal for this show is to get one copyright hit for playing that Peter Griffin Roadhouse. Like that's that's the goal. We it, it's going to be a badge of honor, and we'll have it like an icon up in the in the upper part of the uh, of the screen to uh, to showcase. Jacob, by the way, you want to point to the UR, uh, the UR code there? QR code, sorry, QR code. You got it this time. Yeah, yeah. Switched up. All right. Yeah. Where Jacob's pointing over there with that beautiful beard, we got a Packernet Podcast QR code. If you scan that code, if you like this kind of content, that'll send you to Packernet Podcast. We've got, I think the goal right now, short-term goal, is we got four daily podcasts that hit every single day. That's going to be the goal, okay? So you'll always have Packers content to listen to while you're out there on the grind at work and all that good stuff. So make sure you check that out. And, uh, yeah, so the last comment we'll go to here is – Jay Lewis in the chat, Jacob says we're all we're all on acid only 65% of the time. 65%. 65%. My man Mark looked like he'd he'd had a dose or two over his course of years. <laughs> anyway. Now we will get banned. All right. I'm out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I don't know why. We still got 84 people in there hanging out. I they they you guys, you need a hobby if you're hanging out in here listening to us talk about puppets and Roadhouse and God knows what else, but Roadhouse. at Roadhouse. We're out. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, most likely six central, seven Eastern. We've got Paul Brettel coming up Thursday. That night will be a seven, a seven central time, eight Eastern time uh, kickoff for that. And again, let's, uh, let's toss the idea around. If you guys like that idea about watching an old game, hit me up on Twitter and, uh, and we'll maybe put together a poll. I'll get one of you guys to, uh, to put that together and we'll see what game you guys would want to watch next Sunday. I got to do a little research and make sure it is allowed for us to watch it online. We could all queue it up together and watch it in our own place on your big screen and everything. But if we could do it live here on the stream, that would be cool too. So, um, all right, we're out guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out with us. We appreciate everybody in the chat. Way too many to mention. Um, we appreciate you, uh, like I said, dropping through also the people that are listening on the pod, making us a part of your day. Thank you for doing that. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack up. The power sweep. Action.
Ashley. It's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the Sorry, I had to hit it one more time. We're out, guys. See you.